This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello everyone, it's your favourite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport Fan Network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This sports social podcast is brought to you by BetVictor where live streams, smart stats and in-play betting can help you make your best bet yet. 18 plus, BeGambleAware.org NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. We're going to build a train so big, it can't be stopped. From the executive producers of Power. We got enemies eyeing us, cops clocking us. Comes the new season of Power Book 4, Force. Tommy Egan is the linchpin to breaking down all of these gangs. Egan's too dangerous to be left alive. Power Book 4, Force. Game over. Premieres Friday, September 1st, only on Stars and the Stars app. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day it is that you're listening. Or watching. Or watching this latest episode of Turfcast Podcast with me, Joe Ribbon, and my friend, Simon Townley. How are you doing, mate? You all right? I'm good. I need to put more energy into that all watching for those audio viewers. Viewers? Yeah. Listeners? Oh, yeah, audio audio listeners. Correct. Good start. Yeah. All yeah, because you, 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 you do a more visual yeah, one, don't you? Thing, yeah, it? yeah. So if, if you're ever wondering why Simon's so bloody miserable, um, it's it's because he's more of a visual speaker than he's an audio speaker. He Animated. speaks with his face. Yes, that's the should, one. Should have been in theatre. Yeah, yeah, that one. Um, how are you, mate? You all right? Very well. All good. England are through. England Never are through. We'll get on to all that. Never we'll in any doubt yet. whatsoever. No surrender and all that. But um, England are through, Wales are through, Scotland are out, lol. Are you enjoying the Euros? I'm loving it, yeah. I've, uh, I've never spent so much money on beer as an adult. Yeah, well, obviously I, I've been fortunate because I have my 
Our beer 52 subscription. Check it out if you want. They're not a sponsor. They can be if they want to be. We are still looking for a new sponsor. Um, but I've also got a, a neat Father's Day present, which you can see in the background behind me, which is a, a super dad beer box. It's got about 20, 20 odd beers in. And then I get my beer subscription as well. So happy days for that. But yeah, happy days. Enjoying it. Not enjoying much in England, though. But you know, we'll get on to that. Job done. So I can't really complain. Nope. Um, but um, obviously, first of all, as you can see at the bottom of your screen, if you do want to get 10% off a Mystery Sport football shirt box, uh, you can do by going to mysterysport.com and using the code TURFCAST at checkout. Now, as I have just mentioned, we are still on the lookout for a brand new sponsor as our sales and pitch sport decided to go in different directions. But obviously, um, I will always place on record how grateful I am for pitch sport for the, the two and a half years of, of support. Absolutely fantastic guys and a, and a great app as well. I still log into it and stuff. Um, still follow them and all that sort of stuff. And they do some quite good stuff for the Euros as well, which is quite nice. It's better than our stuff, but you know, they do have the, have the money behind them. However, let's get into the Euros because... Yeah, well, last night the group stages ended and that's why we're doing this podcast today. We wanted to make sure it'd be pointless to do it before the group stage had ended because then we wouldn't have known who England were playing. We wouldn't have known who a lot of teams were playing because there was so much up in the air about the third place thing, um, which some people didn't even know existed. Kieran Phillips. Yep. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean they oh, threw? But, yeah, third. I'm going to have a full topic about this later on. Right then, let's get on to it. And let's see the reaction to people. You can get in touch as well. Um, but yeah. Let's go back. Let tell you what we'll do first. We obviously we haven't done a, a podcast since uh, England have beaten Croatia. So they've beaten Croatia one yeah. 0 We were Do you both. Want to Scotland? Yeah. Well, since then we have obviously we hadn't done no, a podcast at that point. So we need to go back to the Scotland game. Yeah. I know people aren't as angry as about it now because we've won a game since then. We've qualified and they've crashed out as expected, really. Um, but at the time, I watched it at yours. Um, I was not a happy bunny with that performance. I was not a happy bunny with the team selection. Um, imagine playing two defensive midfielders, or as they call it now, a double pivot, uh, as Johnny Tate pointed out in the group chat recently, um, against one of the worst teams uh, in the in the competition. Ultimately, we've got through, so Gareth Southgate can point to the fact that, you know, we're through, job done. Um, yeah. And obviously, he always will do, fair enough. But... Again, I don't mean any disrespect to Scotland. I'll always poke fun at them, but I've got my serious face on now. But against a team like Scotland, serious face, against a team like Scotland, we should be putting them to bed. I know they're going to be up for it for a for a tournament. We should we should have won that game comfortably. I'm not saying 5 or 6 nil, but we should have won that game comfortably. Possibly, yeah. I mean, I said it before the game, and I'll stand by it, that any derby... Can, can be a potential banana skin. And I said that from the yeah. beginning. I don't care. Even if it's in the cup and you get two teams that haven't played each other, if we play Blackburn on paper, we should smash them. But I would still be nervous because it's a derby. Um, so, yeah, so I'm always cautious of predicting a derby result. And a draw tends to be my go-to on most derbies, on, on bets in the Premier League. So I'm not surprised at all it was a draw. I am surprised at the... The substitutions involved in that game, and what about the, the, the original team selection? Not just the, the entire thing. The team selection again. If we'd have drawn one-one, and it'd have been an entertaining game where we actually put them to the sword and had the lion's share of chances and clear-cut opportunities, I wouldn't be as annoyed. But it just looked. It was so tedious and so predictable and so boring, and, and just so Gareth Southgate. Yeah, and like I said, and, and that's what I'm saying. That is, I can understand going with. 
Sad, you know, plan A. Plan A is that that's his plan for this year, Rose. Play it, start it, fine. But when it's not working, the plan B is what was concerning for me. Because at, at the end of the day, we haven't conceded. Um, we've gone through, we've got seven points. And you just got to think, right, well, that's his plan. So that's fine. We can't criticise too much because it hasn't failed yet. Now, we're going to a proper test against Germany soon, which we'll come on to. My my concern is the fact that when it wasn't working, plan A isn't working, absolutely go with that first. But then the substitutions being like for like, forward and off. Um, and, you know, even Kane was poor. But the like for like, there's no shifting shape in, in tempo. There's no um, change of shape. There's no dimensions being changed whatsoever in that game. Yeah, so and that to me suggests that there isn't a plan B. It's just one plan and that's all he's got. And that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, I don't mind him playing this way against Germany, against Portugal, yeah, against Brazil in the World Cup, for example. But when you're playing against Scotland and Croatia and Czech... Croatia are decent, to be fair. Croatia, Czech Republic and Scotland in the groups, change it up. Higher tempo, yeah. higher, pressing, higher passing, higher pressing as well. Get the ball into these areas. Drag the ball up the pitch with Grealish and stuff or Foden or Mount. It, there was just none of that. There's just none of that against anybody. It's, it, honestly, he'd play that way against Trinidad and Tobago. 100% he would. It'd be yeah. such a snooze fest. And obviously, we're going to come on to, the, come on to it, but it's, it's a game plan that will work better against teams like Germany. But when we're playing Scotland and Czech Republic, do something different. Mate, you, you have absolutely nailed it there. It will work better as the tournament goes on, which is why I'm not yeah. too concerned. The thing that is boring for us is the fact that like you said when it's not working there isn't a planet like B like look at Man City for example when we when they play against a team that lies deep or doesn't press or doesn't whatever they will pass it around in their own corner flags waiting for you to come in and then play someone through that's like you know Edison how many times we've seen him ping the ball over the top because they've managed to drag everybody through um, yeah. we don't have that sort of it idea it's not even like an, we've got the injections of pace we've got the talent we've got the creativity and i said before i possibly said it in the last podcast as well when i grew up and me and you grew up we used to watch teams like brazil thinking i wish we had team players with that player and now we've got them and sancho has been doing it at top level scoring 114 goals i think i read the other day in 140 goals and assists sorry in 140 appearances kind of off the bench yeah, now a, I don't want to. I don't want to criticize Saka because I thought he did very well the other day. But the fact that Southgate chose Saka over oh, Sancho originally, and now people will say, "Well, he's been proven right because Saka had a good game." Maybe. Um, do I think Sancho could have played as good as that? Yes, easily. I think he's proven it. Sancho has done so well in the Bundesliga, but yet he still can't get a sniff, and it's just more. Proof to me that you have to be playing for United, Liverpool, you know, one of the big clubs or, or, or doing very, very well in the Premier League to be able to get into Gareth Southgate's side. Now, I don't want to go into it too much because that Saka did do very well, to be fair. And obviously yeah, got the, the, the king of the match or whatever it, or whatever it's labelled as in this tournament. But what does Sancho have to do to get off to get off the bench in a game against Scotland or Croatia? There's nothing more he can do at club level. No. And it... And it, it... It works exactly the same with Mason Mount and Grealish. Grealish is a better attacking option. However, Mason Mount has been playing fantastic this season and, and he deserves his spot. So if you can only play one of them, 
you're going to upset the apple cart with one or the other. You know, it yeah. doesn't matter which way you go, you're going to piss someone off there. But with Saka, yeah, I agree. He's been playing really well in a shit Arsenal side, in a very average Arsenal side and looking exceptional. Sancho's been doing bits in the thingy for three years. And what is he, 19? 20? He's still quite young. I think I think, yeah. he, I think he's early 20s, to be fair. But he's still yeah, quite young. Yeah, I think young. it's Saka that's 19, and it's all whatever he is. But, um, yeah, anyway, he's young, and he's been doing it maybe since 19, I read. And he's flying there. He should definitely be getting in, in, in a choice and an attacking option or coming on against a Scotland there at 60th minute and putting two strikers up top. Uh, and playing in, or, or dropping Kane and playing four strikers with wingers instead. Do you know what I mean? Play attacking options. Well, look at look at Jude Bellingham. Look at Jude Bellingham. Only seventeen, but he's got a lot more minutes in this tournament than Sancho. Yeah, he played for the similar team as well, same team. Yeah, but, I just think it's it, it's the role as well. I just yeah, think it's the role. I'm gonna say it's it's role. Southgate isn't isn't he doesn't like players for me that are, are too too attack minded. In certain roles, I think that's why Mount gets the nod over Grealish when they both fit, and I think that's why you'll see people like um, I'm not sure Sterling and who else? Who else goes like Foden as well, or over over the likes of, of Sancho. I like Foden to be fair, but um, Sterling, I know he scored um, two of the goals. Two goals. Um, the yeah, two. but I, I don't know. But he scores the goals, doesn't he? And, and for me, for the entire game, doesn't do that much. I know, but. It's one of them, isn't it? If Harry Kane did nothing like he has been doing, but scored two goals, we'd be we wouldn't be commenting on our Borisman. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, and again, I'd do, well, let's let's go on to the Harry Kane factor because a lot of people are saying that they would rather have Dominic Calvert Lewin in there. I mean, I, mm. I, that to me is ludicrous. Yeah, it's not Kane. Who, Kane isn't no. the problem. Why he isn't? He's had one chance in this tournament. One chance, uh, and he and he made. Remember when he cut inside against the Czechs? and then nearly put it in the far corner. Decent save by the keeper, to be fair. But apart from the pass that was given to him, he carved that chance out himself by cutting inside. It's the system that's not suiting Kane. And I, said, I, said, I said the same thing after the Scotland game, didn't I, in your shed, saying... It's an our shed, by the way. It's not just a, a shed. <laughs> um, it's, it's, he has one of, if not the best, natural finisher on the entire planet. There's only him and Robert Lewandowski who could probably argue that, that point. And yet he can't even find a system to suit him. I think we've got... I mean, majority of people listening to this podcast are going to be Burnley fans, so it's easy to relate this. But it was when we were criticising people like Chris Wood for not scoring. And um, we said it there and then, and we said it now for England, that it, it yeah. was the options from midfield not getting to him. And that's what's yeah. happening with Kane now. Exactly the, the balls aren't coming in. They're, everything's going through Sterling on one side and forward. And the link-up play between Kane, because he's such a threat, People are just dropping deep with him, and just he's just out of the game. As soon as he touches that ball, he's miles away from net, back to goal with someone on his up his arse. He's, he's, so it's an hard job for Kane, and I do not think it's Kane's fault. No, I agree. I actually saw him on the ball in his own half against the Czech Republic, yeah, while it's... Sterling and Grealish and Saka were far up the pitch. He, he's he's being pushed that deep that he's having to go into his own half to try and make things happen. And again, that, throw that it boils down to the system to me. I'm going to throw it out there, mate. There are better players than Harry Kane to play that role. The role that he's in now? Yeah. Yeah, but I don't... I don't... D, holding it up, but just literally like being... He's, a... he's, ended up, he's ended up being a Wayne Rooney. Yeah. Yeah, and, and look what happened to him. Everyone turned on him and got fed up with him. And He's, he's top, England's top goal scorer. People still criticise him. Um, but yeah, no, for me, you could get... 
you, like you said, you could have a Dom- Dominic Calvin Lewin doing that, but I don't even think that's his role. To be honest, I think no. he's better than that role. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not I, happy think, with that I think the system against a team like Scotland. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I was sat here criticising it, but of course Germany next. Um, yeah. It's probably going to suit us a bit better. But before we go on to the Germany game, what did you make of that Czech Republic one? Because again, first off. Grealish had come in, Saka had come in. I thought, we look better. And Grealish got on the ball and dragged us up the pitch, which is something that we missed in the first two games, especially the game against Scotland. Um, still, a lot of it. The thing that concerns me is the fullbacks will get the ball in space and there's no penetration, and for want of a better word, but they should be getting that ball and they should be running up the pitch. They should be using all that green in front of them, but they're not doing Honestly, Jude Bellingham came on in the second half. The first thing he did was pass the ball all the way back to Pickford from his own half. This is the, there's no urgency. There's no penetration again. I need to stop using that word. There's no. I'll pass forward there's, there's, to this week's Twitter. The one where when he tweeted. Yeah, yeah. Mark out the one where Joe all... gets dirty and talks about penetration. Talks about balls and penetration. <laughs> there you have it, Mark. Yeah, there you go, Mark. Sam has done your job for you. But, you know, in all seriousness, the fullbacks, the amount of time Walker and Shaw got the ball and they had the space in front of them and they just didn't use it. Walker especially is so good at running with the ball at his feet. But the only person that did that was Jack Grealish. And that, for me, isn't because Jack Grealish is an all-amazing footballer. I just think that's what he's been told. They've all been told. They say, right, you do not run forward because if you lose it, we are fucked. So yeah. you get the ball, look for somebody like Jack, look for somebody like Raheem, and then let them do the work. But then it's because they're stopping and slowing, it gives the opposition time to get back. They're in shape, and then we struggle to penetrate. Yeah, we don't like to cross the ball, which, again, I don't think is a bad thing in general. But when you've got Harry Kane in the box, I would do anything. I'll put the ball anywhere near him, and, and, and you've got half a chance. Yeah, that, is, that yeah. is another point. Like The amount of times we get into decent crossing positions, and then instead of crossing it, they pass it, Inside and backwards, and then try and go in at a different angle. Let's get the ball in the fucking box, man. Yeah, and I agree. And I do think that this against a team like Germany is perfect to have an example across. But um, against, I think the job was done in the first half. And unfortunately, depends who your manager is. Some managers will say, "Go for go for the throat, mate. Stand on him, believe." Ed Button, get get this win, smash him now. Stand on the make an example of these. Uh, other pe- other managers like Southgate appears to be would say you've done your job. Do not lose it now. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. That would have been the the talk. Second that one hundred percent would have been the, the, the That's why the, we dropped off so much in the second half. But again, it took Grealish off. Again, it took Kane off. And I'm just sat there and I'm thinking like, ah, oh. uh, did he put? Yeah, just just these are the Czech Republic. We beat them five nil not long ago. With the same manager and practically the same team. Yeah, it's it was hard to watch, but again, I felt more confident. Definitely hard to watch because yeah. of the first half performance. Because Grealish was given all the freedom he wanted. Heartbreaking to see him get taken off, even with this nursing this like return to football from his calf injury. I think uh, it was heartbreaking to see him come off because he, he is so exciting and he's he's the first name and we go back to Turfcast episode one of this season when I or last season whenever it were when I said Jack Grealish coming up from the championship he is so good to watch and he's he's some player mate and he's now doing it at an international level and I'm saying it again 
want to watch him play every single yeah, day. Yeah, well, he should be doing it international level, but he's not. He's doing it when he's given a very slim chance. Um, yeah. it, it, I, I'd 100% have Grealish playing behind Kane uh, and then, and then build, Kane building for, for you. Grealish for me. And then who's on the wings? Um, it's very I'd difficult. Sancho. To say yeah, the, 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 Sancho. I said and, it before. I agree with you, but I still think Sterling needs to improve. Be- okay. Only because the other option's Rashford. Yeah, but... I'd, in that, fact, yeah, Sancho... I'd I, I, I try Sancho and Foden. Yeah, I don't disagree. I'd try Sancho and Foden. I'd try Sancho and Foden. And then, if we're struggling... But then, we, we've had the chance to try that against your Scots and your, and your Czech Republics. So, it's not going to happen against Germany. It's going to be Harry Kane, probably Mason Mount, even though he's got you know, to isolate and can't do anything until the day of the game. Southgate will still, in my mind, playing. For me, it's got to be Jack Grealish because Germany, they will they will come at us and come at us slowly and they will move up the pitch and then they will be there for the taking, which is which our system can work if you have a player that runs with the ball. Mason can do that, though, to be fair, but I do think Jack is the one that is, is better at that. He's going to get you up the pitch and he's going to win more free kicks. Yeah, all right, fair enough. I think that it would be impossible to not put Sterling in right now. Two goals in the tournament, irrelevant of what we personally think he's doing it, he's doing his job. Um, so you've only got one more position and it's either Ford and Sancho. Out of them two, I'm going to go Ford because of the, just the fact that he's, he's done it already in this tournament, but I don't... Can you... Necessarily... Right, this is a question. This is just a question to the whole audience. Can you play... Ford and Grealish next to each other. Ford and Grealish next to each other, as in what? Yeah. Two attacking midfielders behind Harry. Yeah, because I or... don't want Kane dropping back. Uh, Kane, sorry, I don't want Kane. I don't want Grealish dropping back. I want Grealish riding up there, acting as a second striker almost when he gets that ball running at him. Um, yeah. And then you've got them. So I, I, my answer to the question is hundred percent. I want to see that flair. I want to see. Uh, this is what I've been begging for since I was a kid watching, like I said, Brazil back in World Cups. I want to see that from an England squad and different types of managers. One nil up, I'd be saying go stand on the next one, get them, uh, get the win. But let's see what he does. But yeah, I'd love to see Ford and Grealish and Sterling at the minute. Yeah, for me, it's it's got to be it's got to be Grealish behind Kane. Then any any, yeah. any of the other two, I'm happy with unless it's Rashford. Any yeah. of the upper two or other two, I'm I'm. I'm not happy as content with, but it's got to be it's got to be Grealish behind Kane for me, one hundred percent. But next up, though, is the Germany game. Um, obviously, we're recording this on Thursday, um, so the Germany game and the France game and all that palaver was last night at the time of recording. Uh, at one point, it was Hungary. At one point, it was France. At one point, it was Portugal. But it ended up being Germany. Obviously, out of the end, all four teams. I wanted to play Hungary. Out of the three good teams, I wanted to play Germany. I think we've got the best team to play out of the three good teams. Yeah. Well, just looking at, as, as, as you see the chart, where you've got the left side and the right side. Yeah, yeah, I will get that up now. Showed, the chart we were looking at yesterday showed us on the right-hand side. Of that right-hand side column, if you get past Germany, the road to the final, it's You're practically easier, in the final. Yeah, it, the, the winner of England against Germany is 100% in the semis, 95% in the final, because it is just 
I'm looking at it now, um, and I will try and just quickly pop it on screen as well. Obviously, it's England versus Germany um, in the round of 16. And then after that, the, the winner of that, um, so the world chart's gone missing, never mind. But I will get it back up instead of putting it on screen so I can read it to you all. There you go. Right, so England versus Germany in the round of 16. So this is our path. The winner of that faces Sweden or Ukraine. We've already beaten Sweden in the in the quarterfinal in recent years. Obviously, we beat them 3-0 in the last tournament in the World Cup. And then the semis, you're either going to play Holland or Netherlands, as you call them these days, the Czech Republic, who we've already beaten once, Wales, who I think we can beat, and Denmark, who again, especially the horror to, uh, horror of what happened to him, but especially without Christian Eriksen, um, we, we can beat them. So for me, I think in our bracket, it's also Germany who are in the semis. And in the other bracket, the, the bracket underneath ours, it's Holland who are in the semis. So it's it's one of them. To, and again, Holland, we can take. I genuinely feel like we can take them. So we are yeah. definitely on the right side of it. Because on the other side, it's Belgium against Portugal, Italy against Austria, France against Switzerland, and Croatia against Spain. So there's going to be some tasty tars on that side. So tasty. all this... Tasty. So all this, oh, we need to finish second... We need to finish second. The team that finished second in our group was um, Croatia, and they're playing Spain. The winner of that plays France. The winner of that plays Italy, Portugal, or Belgium. So we, yeah, uh, before we, they we even get to awesome. the final, we are on the right side of the draw. The only problem is we've got to play Germany to progress. Right. If we were playing Hungary, I'd book my tickets for Wembley now. Right. Well, I've, I've just slid Gareth Southgate in England off at last 25 minutes. And now I'm saying when it's seven. <laughs> I'm going to say it. I'm saying it now. Germany is 100% a team we should beat. It is not even in doubt, right? They if are you a look, team. I agree with you. If you look at the teams on paper right yeah. now, yeah. we should beat Germany 100%. 100%. Look I at agree. recent form. Look at the manager. The manager's on his way out. Granted, it's his, his, you know, it's his farewell song. Joachim Bollock sniffer. Yeah, he... Yeah, fucking funny, that. He... Um, <laughs> I'm looking at that Germany squad now. It's a squad, as we like to use in terminology of in transition, they are at the start of the end. Well, the end of the end, we'll say, because they've been going down for a bit. But they they haven't even started the rise back up yet. They've not even started the new team. No, this tournament was, it is a tournament, like Euro 2000 as it was for Germany and us, but mainly Germany, a tournament where they come in, they shite, they get knocked out, they go away, they rethink everything, come back in five, six years. That, yeah. That's and, what this tournament is meant to be for Germany. Yeah, and uh, I do think that it is. it would be a disaster, national crying shame, if we do not beat the Germans. It, that's how bad it would be for me. I know they've got the players, they've got the team over, and he's doing fuck all for Chelsea this year, even though I think he finished top goal scorer, to be fair. But um, I do think it would be a crying shame and a national tragedy if we do not beat them throwing it out there yeah like, like, let's just look at the german team then so compare it to the england england side um yeah. you've got obviously just let me get it up quickly you've got um you've got Havertz who's decent yeah you've got Havertz who's decent Havertz is decent he's he's a worry um Neuer's still good Cruz yeah. is good but he's you know, knocking on a bit. Muller's good, but knocking on a bit. Timo Werner, you know, he's he's he's, 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 he's a joke. 
he, I don't mean he is a joke. I mean, he has become a joke on the internet because of how much stuff he misses. Like, is it even pictures of him pointing at the Chelsea badge and it's like there and yeah. he's pointing over there and everyone's going, you can't even hit that. He's, he's become a joke. Now, I appreciate, I'm going to, there's Rice there as well, Sane. Sane, uh, I watched him in the two games. He's been awful. Has he? Right. I, it's just a name, obviously, um, to be fair. Rudiger, he's an okay defender, but, you know, he's, I'd, 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 yeah. I'd rather have Stones and Maguire. So there's nobody in that team really have a, I'd have I'd have Neuer over Pickford all day long. Um Havertz is decent, and that's that's pretty much it off the top of my head, unless I've missed someone glaringly obvious. I'm sure somebody will, will, will get in touch. On paper, I agree. Looking at our squad and comparing it to the likes of Stones and Maguire, who are better than their defense, Harry Kane, who's better than their striker. I'd have Neuer. Neuer's better than Pickford, yeah. Um, we should be beating that side. And again, if 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 we have played boring football all the way through this fucking tournament to then play boring football in the last 16 and get beaten by and it, what will probably the be first, an efficient German performance, yeah. yeah, then then sack Southgate off. I'm sick of it, man. We're doing all that, this for fuck all, if that's the case. Genuinely, that's what I mean by it would be a national disaster. But, but you don't think that playing would touch down, not even abroad, or they're in England. But I don't even think he'd get back to his front door <laughs> Before he was ousted, that's how he'd, he'd have to go. He'd, he'd, he'd have, have to, to but I, I remember the FA saying something about you know his job safe depending on the performance in this tournament. But I, it worries me. Does this attitude because we need to? There needs to be um, what's the word? Sort of consequences um, for for doing all this if we get beat against Germany. If we play boring all the way to the final and somehow rag a one 0 win against France. I'm happy to do that. I watched, I watched the Steve Cottrell years, for example. You know, I'm happy yeah. to do that. But uh, if if you if you're playing shite football, drawing at home against Scotland, scraping past Czech Republic to then go out against Germany in the second round on your own ground, then yeah, crying shame and it needs to go. My opinion is, anything less than the Euro- European finals is a failure in this tournament. Looking at the squad, looking at the path that we've got still available. Uh, and people might disagree thinking nah nah but I genuinely believe that if we do not get to the final whether we win it or not anything can happen in a final so I'll take that out of the equation but if we do not get to the final it's a failure looking at the progression just natural progression we've got to the semi-finals of the World Cup we've had more time under his belt we've got better players possibly that you would argue than the World Cup it would be a disaster to not reach the final no fair enough strong words but strong looking words. at the path looking at the path I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um, if we get to the semis and we get knocked out by Holland, I'll still be disappointed. Yeah. But, you know, um, it, oh, we could end up being a battle of Britain here. Wales can genuinely... Wales have be. got another decent path again. Could end up being... I, I would be shitting bricks if we if we are playing Wales in the semis. A genuinely shitting bricks. It's, it's a Imagine good losing to them in the semis. It's a good thing, but again, I te- I'll say it right now, that my disclaimer, I-, I do think we should get to a final, but if in the semi-final we had a Wales and it was a derby, I'll go back to my previous statement, mate. Nil-nil, take nil-nil, take nil, nil, a draw. Nil-nil, <laughs> Gareth Bale, take first penalty. So there you have it. England should get to the final or it is a failure. Simon's strong words. And before we move on to the Burnley stuff, because of course there is some Burnley stuff to chat about, this is ultimately a Burnley podcast, so we're just talking about the Euros. Um, if you're here for the Euros, then fair enough, you can switch off when we get to the Burnley bit. But if you're here for the Burnley, 
Stick along and we'll talk about Collins and Phillips and that soon. But let's get on to the next round then. Well, obviously, we've done the England game. So Wales against Denmark. That's the first game. It takes place on, is it Saturday at five o'clock? No game today. No game tomorrow. What are we going to do with yourselves? Wales against Denmark, though. Should be a good game, that one. Wales play some decent stuff. Denmark have looked good, especially in their last game. Who did they play? Was it Russia? Can't remember, but they annihilated them and it, and it, were, it were a good watch. Yeah, um, Denmark, you know, I heard someone say it on TV the other day, but they've almost become everybody's second club at the minute because of what's happened. And, and rightly yeah. so, the, the, the way they handled it, incredible. We won't go into that again. We, we did a bloody full podcast on that last time. But uh, they basically are riding emotions at the minute. And you know, like when you come up to the Premier League and they always say, oh, the second season syndrome, once you've got past that buzz of being there and doing it and riding that wave, uh, but what my current point is, they they are riding a wave of emotion at the minute, and when you have that under your belt or under your flat, you, you just you could beat anybody, is, is my opinion. So that's why I think it will be a very difficult task for Wales. I think that they've got the caliber of players, irrelevant of previous history in tournaments uh, and how well they did in the last Euros. They still have top top players: Gareth Bale, Ramsey, um, Ampadu. You know. It, it, I know he's not had the best of season, but he, he, he was touted as one of the next best things. Um, even Keeper Moore and people like that, they the job they do, they do it fucking brilliantly. Uh, yeah. And Purdue isn't playing as well in this game, uh, just so not? you know. He was he was sent off in the last game, wasn't he? Keeper played well as well in the, in the last two games. What's his name? Yeah. Um, name. Summit Jones, probably. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Summit Jones is probably. <laughs> not Ennis, is it? Um Anyway, he's fucking good. Uh, so I, I, I do think that they've still got winners in that team. And yeah. they've got people I that think have been brought up to win. What I will say is, as well, um, it's a bit of a disgrace. Um, but from what I've been told, obviously, all of Denmark's games so far have been played in Copenhagen. That's why in the last game they were so passionate and they just basically sucked the ball into the nets. That's penetration and sucking I've spoken about on today's podcast. Um, while, but this one's <laughs> this one's been this one's going to be played in Amsterdam. So there's not going to be as many like Germany fans at uh, Germany. Sorry, Denmark fans there. However, I don't know if this is true. I, I believe it is. No Wales fans will be allowed to travel from England to the game because of the government's restrictions on coronavirus, etc. But yet Denmark fans can. So can Wales might fans end up from Wales to the game. Well, where did I say from here? From England to the game. Yeah, well, it's similar. from the UK, they can't yeah, travel, think. apparently, apparently. Um, I'm sure football fans always find a way around it, so I'm sure there'll be Welsh fans there. Um, but it still sounds to me like they're going to be outnumbered and they might even end up making it so a similar atmosphere to uh, in Copenhagen. So that's a bit of a shame, but I'm not a Wales fan who gives a shit. I want to see Denmark win this because Denmark have become wow. my second team. I don't like Wales. I don't like Scotland. I don't like Wales. Uh, I'm an England fan at the end of the day. They don't like us, so why should I like them? So I'm going to go 3-1 Denmark. Um, I said, I'm a, I've got a soft spot for anyone in the UK. So uh, I, I was not gutted that Scotland gone out, but I'd, I'd like to see these battles continue. Um, I do like watching it. I, I, the fact that we could play Wales if they can progress and we progress, it makes it even more exciting. Uh, I want Wales to win it. Even though I've got a soft spot for uh, 
for Denmark as well. So it's a difficult one, but I do want Wales to win it. I remember back to Euro 2016, five years ago to the date, me and you sat in a bar asking everyone if they like Sam Vaux, and the first person that said, yeah, we spent the whole night with them. So, yeah, but how many times did it take us to find someone that said, yeah? They all said no. Like England, it's because they don't like Sam Vaux. <laughs> no, exactly. That's even worse. I mean, you no. don't like Sam He's fucking shit. What do you mean he's shit? Fuck off. I'm leaving. Yeah, Pant down. We literally went bar to bar and then we sat with a Welsh and we were singing Welsh songs and it was good, mate. It had a good crack. Up the Wales. It were all right. It were all right. We, had, we, we we met a few Northern Irish fans as well. That were good. Um, mainly the Welsh fans giving us, giving us shit. I can't remember. You're I was pissed. Your defence is terrified because we'll Oh, yeah. Well, everyone was singing that, weren't they? <laughs> Just yeah, changing the words to their, just changing the words to either Vardy or some random Icelandic yeah, guy, but, but we won't go into the Iceland game. Enjoy that. Uh, the game after that, Italy, Austria, going to be a bit, a bit of a procession. This one, isn't it? Italy haven't played anyone decent yet. They continue to not play anybody decent in Austria. Probably another comfortable Italy win, three 0 I'm saying. Yeah, I don't even care, but I think Italy will wipe the floor with Austria. Yeah, um, I think Italy aren't all that. I think people are raving about them. I think they Ooh. go out in the quarters to either Belgium or Portugal. It's probably going to be Belgium, and I think Belgium get to the semis against France. Um, that's my prediction um, for uh, the Italian preview. The game after that is Netherlands against the Czech Republic. Holland aren't as good as they used to be. Czech Republic, though, are even worse. So 2-0 to the Dutch, I'm saying, on this one. Oh, um yeah, Netherlands have started to play a bit of football. I've enjoyed watching them the last game, but not the two prior to that, if I'm brutally honest. It'll be a... Oh, I can't, I can't call that one. I might, I might even go to an extra time on that one. It was funny you say that, because I'm going for an extra time on my next one. Belgium against Portugal. I just... You know what Ronaldo's like. He will, Portugal aren't as good as Belgium, in my opinion. They're still a very good side, though, Portugal. And they've got a very good start in 11. And they've got, you know, Ronaldo there, who, who you know, even at his age, he's still bagging, he's still breaking records. Um, and I think that's going to be a tough one. I do think Belgium come through it, though, because I do think Belgium are the better side. And as I said, I think it's Belgium-France in the semis. But I do think they're going to struggle and labour past Portugal. Um, so I'm going like 1-1 or 2-2. The Belgian winning extra time or penalties. That's a great sort of look at it. I can't really add more to it because these are the two teams that I said on, on episode one of the Euro, the podcast that we started doing as my ones to watch uh, for going all the way. Portugal, exactly what you said, mate. When you've got a Ronaldo in your side, you could put you could put Ronaldo in Burnley, we probably qualify for Champions League. So I do think that he is... He could drag any team through and they've got unbelievable players behind him as well. And even Semedo, who's been shocking for Wolves this season, in my opinion, uh, looked brilliant the other day. So they're not to be ignored, but I do think that Belgium should be getting to a final as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I'm going for my first shock next. Croatia against Spain. Now, since I'm annoyed at Spain, right, because I had an acker on. <laughs> I had a group Acheron and I picked all the favourites, including Spain, apart from in the group of death, which in the end didn't win anyway. But my plan was to cash out after Spain had won theirs and then maybe, you know, get a couple of hundred quid behind me. But Spain was shocking until the last game when they absolutely smashed Uber at Slovakia. Um, however, when they've played other teams, they've not impressed me in the slightest. Uh, and they're going to play... A, 
a Croatia side who are admittedly aging. Um, they drew 1 1 with Poland for a start, uh, did Spain. Uh, and in the first game, they drew 0 0 with Sweden. Um, so I don't think Spain are all that. I'm going to go 2 1 to Croatia on this one. I think this is the first shock. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Spain haven't impressed me at all. I think that Slovakia game, they, in my opinion, self destructed as opposed to Spain actually taking the game to them. It were a must win game for Slovakia. They went for it and it was the experience of Spain that just kept picking them off. I think there were two on goals. Um, it wasn't as impressive as the scoreline says it was. Uh, so, yeah, so I, I agree with you. They haven't impressed me whatsoever. So, I think that will be a nil nil, mate. Honestly, I do. Nil nil. And then I guess it can go either way in extra time. Um, France, Switzerland, another procession. Um, have you said that France drew with Hungary, but Switzerland are average? France are very, very good. I'm going 2 0 France. Yeah, France for me, easy street. Kante um, bossing that midfield. I think they'll struggle. Switzerland to even create a chance. England, Germany, we've done. And then the final game is Sweden against Ukraine, which obviously decides who England play if they get through uh, in the quarterfinals. Sweden, Ukraine, that's, that's my nil nil. Even even the Swedish and the Ukraine fans aren't going to be up for this. It's going to be such a shit game. I'm going to go two nil to Sweden, mate. I fancy Sweden. Okay, as uh, a far better outfit than Ukraine, in my opinion. Sweden are very good defensively. Um, I will give them that. They are very good defensively. Yeah. Um, but that's it then. We've done the round of sixteen. Um, we've done England, we've done the Scotland game, we've laughed at the jocks for crashing, well I've laughed at the jocks for crashing out, um, you've come up with some poxy UK United thing, forget that, um, so let's move on to Burnley, unless before I do move on to Burnley, is there anything you want to add when it comes to Euro 2020? No, man. No, good. Excited for it. Let's get these. Uh, let's get this round of sixteen done and progress. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Right then, Burnley. Um, it might have already happened. Let's just have a quick look on Twitter because, of course, I haven't been paying attention to it because I have been doing the podcast. I am, of course, talking very slowly here to waste time as I get the Burnley official uh, Twitter account up. No, we haven't signed Nathan Collins yet. I just yet thought at the time you were taking piss out of the way I read. No, <laughs> you do read at key stage 0.1 to be fair, but no. Um, according to reports, and these reports are from this morning, as in Thursday morning, the Nathan Collins signing is imminent. He will sign for Burnley on what was originally reported as a £12 million fee, but it has now been reported as a club record fee. Now, my interpretation of that will mean that he's coming in for an initial £12 million. Then if he does X, Y and Z, it will end up being... Obviously above 15, because that's the club record fee. So it's going to go above 16. 15. Is it 16? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Um, but no, yeah, it's going no, to go to... It'll be 16, yeah. Oh, it'll go to 16, right. It could even go as far as 20. Who knows? We're just guessing here at this point. But imminent signing. At the time you're all listening to this or watching this, he could have signed. So let us know what you think in the comments below about the Collins signing. If you're just listening to the podcast, just send us an at on Twitter. Let us know what you think. We will, of course, when Collins signs... Put our own tuppence in, um, in a different video potentially of like a reaction of him signing or whatever. But um, the good thing about the Collins signing is, for me, it's five years. That is Burnley getting a player in, realizing that he's got high resale value, 
and then saying, right, if we give this guy a, a three-year contract, this time in two years, we're going to be in a position where we're begging him to re-sign again so we don't lose him on a free to a to a to another club, similar to kind of where we are with Tarki at the minute. So I think we've learned his lessons and we've tied him down to big contracts, knowing that in three years, if he's done very, very well, we can then go and sell him for you know double the money that we're paying for him. So I'm quite happy with this one. I have seen him play a bit. I haven't seen him play as much as the likes of Phillips at Liverpool and stuff. But uh, from what I have seen of him, um, I am quite happy with the sign. And the fact that the likes of Arsenal and Liverpool and United have been looking at him says to me that you know he's obviously he's obviously very very decent. And like I'll go back to it, the five year thing for me is just fantastic. It's great business from Burnley. It means that we'll sell him in. Three years of his doing very, very well for 30 million quid or whatever. Yeah, I'm, I'm like you. I'm very happy to get something underway, you know, just get that ball moving. And the fact that we're looking at another defender already, you know, instead of it, because it's quite boring, isn't it? Let's be fair, Burnley fans and transfers. But I don't want to get too excited about sort of like the potential yet because I just think like we had this with Gibson, remember? And obviously, I like the guy on a personal level, but as, as a Burnley fan, it never quite it never quite happened, did it? Let's be fair. So he's still got some work to do. He's still going to come in and, and probably sit on the bench for a while. So we might not even see him for a few months, unless it means Tarky's on his way because we're looking for a second defender. Well, that's it exactly. The next port of call is Nat Phillips. Now I prefer Phillips. I think Phillips is he's got more experience. Obviously played a lot of the season at Liverpool this year. Scored against Burnley at the turf. A very good header. Um, he will cost a little bit more. Apparently, the rumours are that Burnley have. Um, inquired about Phillips and Liverpool have said that, that we will he will cost fifteen million pound. If that was me, I'd buy him. I think fifteen million pound for Phillips is very very good. Um, again, we could now. we could exactly we could sell him in three years for thirty million quid and, and rinse and repeat. It's the Burnley model that, as we have said so many times on Turfcast, that the entire transfer just shut down for Burnley. The entire transfer market, should I say, has just shut down. I don't mean just bringing players in. I mean, selling players as well. What we used to do was bring players in for an X amount of money and sell them for double that a three year, a few years later. Look at, you know, Ings, Keane, obviously Ings Tribunal and stuff, but Ings, Keane, you're bringing them in for small money and the point is always to then to sell them on. That was probably the plan with Tarke, but we've held on for him for too long and now we're probably going to end up losing him for a minimal amount if we sell him this summer or free if he goes the feckle when his contract runs out. But... Yeah, for me, I'd get them both in if Tarky's leaving. I think we only need one if Tarky's staying. Um, and if I could have one, I'd just choose Phillips. But the Collins one looks imminent and the Phillips one is just rumoured at the minute. Yeah, great, great sort of summary of it, mate. I won't, I won't argue with either player coming in. I'd like to keep hold of Tarky. I'd still like to bring two players in if, uh, if the board are going to be lucrative with it all and say, right, well, you can have you know, X amount of millions and we can afford to get them both in and the players that we need up front in the, um, in the wingers scenario, sorry, then fair enough, mate. I, I, I'll take it. But yeah, I agree with you. I don't know if Phillips is coming in unless someone's going out, in my opinion. But yeah, yeah. again, that's just my opinion. Yeah, well, we've heard nothing to suggest that talk is off. Um, it all seems to have cooled down a bit. I know a lot of people are on holiday. Hopefully so not. that is probably so. Yeah, it, to me, it looks like well, apart, the rumor. The rumors are that West Ham have decided against it, but West Ham's never been the club that's worried me. It's always been Leicester. If I see a headline saying Leicester have decided against it, then fine, happy days. He's staying for another year. He might even sign on again. Um, yeah, but for me, I'm bringing one of them in. 
looking like Collins uh, anyway because we need cover because Kevin Long for me isn't good enough and neither is Jimmy Dunn. We'll get on to Jimmy Dunn in a minute. Um, and you're bringing in somebody to 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 bring in as cover and it would be good if. With Jimmy Dunn leaving, as again, which we'll get onto in a bit, that, just drop that bombshell on there if people didn't already know. We could be bringing in the likes of Collins and Phillips, but could you imagine yep. two very experienced defenders sitting on the bench um, behind talking me? If Dice can't manage one, there's no way he's going to manage two. So we're not we're not bringing two in unless someone's off. We might bring one in just to sit on the bench for a bit and then bed into the team and then give him a run out as me or Tarky gets old or leaves in Tarky's case. Um, but I can't see him bringing two in if the ball's staying. So I think the Phillips one is just to wait and see if Leicester come back for Tarka. The Collins one is, right, we need somebody in now. Yeah, I agree with that, mate. But going on to the Jimmy Dunn one, how do you feel about that? Because uh, I kind of think the lad's done his job. He's he's had it. He's got to go at it. He's waited for his chance. He's took him when he's had his chance. He's done all right, to be fair to him. But from my understanding, I think he wanted to get out on loan last year. We wouldn't allow it. Uh, probably thinks, can I keep doing this now? Because he's not like young, young, is he? I think he's 24. No, he's, it, it, I'll, uh, I'll get it up as you gas. Yeah, but I think he's, he's I think he's at that age now where you need to play first team football, mate. And yeah, he's 23. Him, 23. And you look at him now and you think Burnley is spending 15 million on other 23-year-olds and, and Phillips and, and, and that yeah. and looking at them and he's still not getting a game he's probably thinking yeah, well I'm obviously understanding where my position in this club is I'm not 100% with it farewell that, I can't yeah. really argue with him I, I, yeah that, it seems like you summed it up pretty well from Jimmy Dunn's point of view but I think from our point of view or from the club's point of view Jimmy Dunn is currently fourth in line personally I'd have him as third um, but then if you're bringing in Collins, and then you're looking at Phillips, like you say, it puts it exactly. He's then fifth in line. And if he wants to play football, he, he obviously wants to improve. And the only way you can improve is by playing football. Um, so I, I fully respect his decision. But do I think he's good enough to play in the Premier League for Burnley? No. It's a shame because he had so much potential. And I did like Jimmy, still like Jimmy Dunn. I mean, I liked him when he was younger and stuff. And I always thought he'll have the potential to to be a good defender. And I do think he'll be a good defender. I just don't think at the minute he will be a Premier League defender. I think, if anything, he's going to be a, a mid-table to top-half championship player. My my so, thought process on that is, we if if on the Burnley level, I would have got him in uh, for another year, two-year contract, um, for a two-year contract with a loan for this the season, agreed along with him and said, listen, mate, we're going to send you to Preston because I know they were interested last season, uh, especially when Davies went. Send you to Preston if they want you. Have a year there. See how you get on. And we've got an, an, an option for an extra year on the contract. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. We know, apparently the club have offered him a contract and he's turned it down. So there could have been conversations there and he could have just been like, look, I, I just want a new challenge, which, you know, is fair enough. He's not going to play here. Um, in the immediate future, um, he needs to play football, uh, and I do think I do think Preston will be a good fit for him. It'll be a shame to see him go to a, a rival. There's still a rival at the end of the day. Just you know, there's a few leagues below, so I, I, I forget all about it. Um, but yeah, it's a shame to see him go. Um, so we've done Collins, we've done Phillips, we've done 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 done. Um, this Dice contract. Are we still waiting for him to come back off holiday? What's happening? He's had, had a big holiday, Dash. Yeah, I'd, 
I don't know about this one. I don't know if it's even a conversation that was even being had from from the, how much this has stopped in the water. I think I'm not hearing anyone interested in him. I'm not hearing that there's a. Well, Palace are about to announce their manager. Everton are never going to look at him. Wolves were never going to look at him. Tottenham were never going to look at him. Well, I I heard a yeah, they might do now. I I heard a rumor which I think, I think you, I think I told you that he had he did have a a, a, an an off the record conversation with what's that bold guy at at Tottenham? Yeah, Daniel Lever. Daniel Daniel Lever. Yeah, which I'm not saying it's true. It's just a rumor that I heard on the great man. Um, and it didn't work out whether that's true or not. I don't know. Um, I'll always put a disclaimer in there when it's just rumors, and that is just a rumor. Um, so yeah, I think I can't see him going anywhere. Palace are announcing somebody. Palace was the only team that worried me. I don't see what else happens now apart from Dash signing a new contract 100%. And that's why I'm saying I don't even know if it was an, an actual you know new contract conversation was even happening then. I think it's sometimes we just look for news because we ain't got anything else to talk about. Yeah, maybe. I've had a notification on Twitter. Is it Burnley? No, it's not. It's England. It's not Burnley. Um, so that's it then for this week's podcast. Unless, of course, there's anything you want to add. No, mate. No, we're looking forward to the game on Tuesday. Hopefully we beat the crowds, but I think we should definitely beat them. Yeah, I think I think we'll beat them. I think we'll beat them. Um, looking ahead to the next podcast. I tell you what, we can actually go back to a Thursday release next week. Just look at, yes, England play on Tuesday. We will record the podcast on Wednesday, uh, if Simon's free, of course, and then we will release it for Patreon viewers, um, subscribers, should I say, um, on um, the Wednesday, like usual, and then we will release it for the general public um, on uh, Thursday as well. The Patreon link is at the bottom of your screen now. If you want to join and support Turfcast, please head to patreon.com slash turfcast. All you do is pay a monthly subscription and um, you get a few benefits for it as well. It's mainly just to support us because you like us. There's no pressure to do it whatsoever, um, but there will be more benefits coming next year, such as some money off these when I finally get around to creating a shop to sell them. The Burnley beer mats, very, very smart. I've had mine on the Quartz Kitchen Worktop uh, for the last week, um, which the missus isn't happy about and keeps moving it, but I keep putting it back anyway, so there's going to be a bit of to and fro I think, um, with that, but I'm happy to do that for now. Um, so you will get money off these if you are a Patreon. Um, so if you are a Patreon and you do like the look of that, keep your eyes peeled on your Patreon messages because I will tell Patreon people about the shop going live before anybody else uh, and where to get them from. So you'll have about 24, 48 hours to finally to get there before everybody else does with money off as well. Uh, if you want a piece of that, head to patreon.com forward slash turfcast to get hold of that. And of course, you will have seen it at the bottom of your screen for the majority of this podcast. If you want to get yourself 10% off a Mystery Sport football shirt box, you can by heading to mysterysport.com and using the code turfcast at checkout as well. Um, and as well, one final thing, if you do know anybody that wants to get their brand name out there, um, we are looking for a new sponsor. We are looking for uh, sponsors of certain shows, um, a, a full sponsor. There's certain levels of sponsorship package. So if you want somebody to get their business brand out there, seen by thousands of people and heard by thousands of people every week when the season's on, um, on the watch-alongs and stuff, then send them our way and we will chat with them because we are now looking for a new sponsor as well. Again, no pressure, though. The podcast will carry on regardless. Um, but... That's it from us, I think, this week, Simon, unless there's anything you want to add. 
No, go, thank you very much. No, all good. So we will be back next week on Wednesday for Patreons and Thursday for the general public. Thank you for joining me this week, Simon, and I'll see you personally, probably on Tuesday for the match, and I'll see everyone else either happy or depressed on Wednesday and Thursday. See you next week. Podcast Network. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ornament delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.